We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's. It is a Monday mailbag. I am your host, Danny Morang. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Brandon Sprague. Uh, we are uh, recording on Sunday night, getting ready for uh, the opening game against the Sacramento Kings. We've got your mailbag questions here. We've got a ton of those, but we're also going to do a little bit of season preview stuff. Uh, a little, uh, I don't know, thought process of how we look at the roster right now and what their mm-hmm. expectations are for, for box score type performance. Uh, just as a kind of exercise to walk through where we are with guys, I think, after the preseason. Uh, and then how maybe that's going to project into game one and into week one uh, and how everything's going to unfold. Uh, real quick, Brandon, how's the uh, how, how's the parlay looking this week? Uh, well, which one? Um, <laughs> not great, Bob. Not great, uh, not great, Bob. The Chargers no showing completely effed me. The Chiefs decided that they can't score points anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a really awful weekend, to be honest with you. I had a couple wins, but I put a lot of money on a teaser bet. Didn't work. So I'm trying to recoup my money. With the Steelers. I, with the Steelers at minus five. <laughs> and it doesn't Ooh. feel good because I'm watching Roethlisberger throw as we speak. It looks it looks painful. Like I'm sitting here like my shoulder hurts watching this dude throw <laughs> and somehow they're moving the ball. So, you know, not great. Let's not dive into NFL. Let's stick to the NBA here, Danny. Okay, we don't need to highlight the losses. Oh, of, I'm just, uh, I'm saying, I was just, just want to let everybody know how everybody the mood that we're in is we're getting ready to uh, answer these questions. I think that because those are going to inform these questions. Uh, we're going to jump right into it with a very serious question here from Blazer Tag PDX. Uh, Blazer Tag, uh, obviously out there with another uh, Blazers uh, tangent uh, podcast. Love those guys. Uh, beer chugging competition between you between you two. Who is winning? Oh, how many ounces? Let's see. The fact that you had to answer the ask that question lets me know that I would win. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, so or, if we're we're drinking a boot. Are you winning? Uh, you, you you name what? It, here, I'll, I'll give you a, a little little taste of this one because it's not just oh he's a big guy he can pound. So back in when they had the bridge on NBC, uh, they brought Shane and I down for actually it was a Halloween show for some reason or a football show I can't remember, but they had a bunch of stupid games uh, that involved food and drink. One of them was Chubby Bunny and Shane fit like twenty five marshmallows in his mouth. It was. Awe-inspiring. I got crushed. I got to like fourteen or fifteen. It's a, Yo, that's a that's a bad bitch right there. Oh, dude, he, he housed it. I mean, yeah. 
I was I got to like 15. And it was uh, uh, like it, I, I got a small palate. I know this is hard to believe, but like I have a physically small mouth. So, uh, but we got to beers and somebody screwed up and forgot the pounding beers. So we had like a, a heavy like pumpkin lager to pound out of bottles. Mm. And uh, they were room temperature. And we're just like, are you kidding me? So not only are we pounding these on, on live TV, um, it's awful. But uh, I finished two of those before Shane got halfway through with one. Uh, well, you know, I, I like to tease that I was good at this. I don't really drink beer anymore. Oh, neither um, do I. It, it, it clogs my nose. I get a stuffy nose almost like a, yeah, I don't know what that is. Maybe that's a gluten allergy. I don't know what the hell that is. I want to punch you just for saying gluten allergy. I know it's a real thing. It's a real it's thing. Just, I just, when it comes thing. to Danny, beer. Oh. What else? Why else does my nose get stuffed only after I drink beer? I don't know. Does it get stuffed when you eat bread? Nope. So maybe it's not gluten. Maybe it's something else. Pops. Like, I drink cocktails. Smoke yeah. weed, like I do all this stuff, and I only have a reaction to beer, so I don't really try. I don't try to do that. Uh, I'm not a great chugger either. I like to enjoy it, so I, I'll just say that you would win. I'll, I'll take this one. This is definitely a. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a proud moment, but yeah, just uh, it's very, very uh, beer fest esque. Remember, tilt the head back, open the throat. Come on now. Um, well, we would all lose to Tom Brady anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <sighs> Yeah, no, there's, 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 I mean, I, I hate that, to that dude. Is, I've, I've heard stories. You've seen him on TV chug a beer. I've heard stories. Just lets it go. Yeah. Cause I worked with a former teammate and oh my God, the stories I heard, it was just like, dude, it's, it's even Le- more insane. It, in leg- legendary on every level. Yes. Uh, yeah. Beer game of choice, flip cup or beer pong? Beer pong. Oh, it's yeah. close to basketball. Yeah. It, I, you and I both went to college as well. Like this. <laughs> My, my favorite was when I, I played one time at a, excuse me, a party and we were playing beer pong and I was never really a great beer pong player. I was like mi- middle of the road yeah. and I was playing against a dude that I didn't know. And it kind of came down to the last three cups and we had two, he had one, he, he fucked, he drained, drained it, just killed it. And the whole, you know, we had like a decent crowd watch like, Oh, we said good game. And I, I, I stored that away because I saw him at the rec center about a week later and I absolutely gave him real buckets because he <laughs> pissed me off. People, save, save it for the hardwood. People that act like they're good at basketball because they're good at beer pong really upset me, especially when I see how they really are when they play basketball versus what they are as, as beer it's pong. It's like, oh, that's cool. You're good at beer pong, but you, you're absolute ass at basketball. Good to know, dude. Right, right. Um, and then I have one final question here. Is it acceptable to bring beer to a child's birthday party for the adults? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's welcomed. It's encouraged. It's the nicest thing you can do. In fact, you should wrap it and say, I didn't want you to not get a present like you do other kids of families. Yeah. So the parents feel included. And so uh, there you go. Appreciate Blazer Tag. A little icebreaker question here. Uh, this from Dave Myers. Do you think Neil gets that we are weeks away from bootleg fire Olshay tees being a thing? No. No. I, I think I, he I, thinks his team's going to be good. So I'm going to push back on that a, a little bit just because we got some of the messaging from Chauncey um, after they got absolutely housed in Phoenix uh, and again after the Warriors game. Uh, the messaging of accountability has been there, but there's been a strong, uh, yeah, we need some time. 
we need some time and it's like we're not as far along as i thought we would be yeah, yeah. so i think i don't think that there's necessary necessarily fear but i do think that there's maybe a uh, we better be careful uh, because well, they because they talk so much about how you know everything was roster dependent yeah can i can i i'll push back on your pushback oh okay when I when I say what I what I just said about I think he thinks his team is good, mm -hmm. we are meaning two different things there. Are they good enough to compete for a title or win? Oh the West? yeah, yeah. The, God, the, the no. level level levels of good. Are they good enough to be a playoff team so he can brag about making the playoffs and have some streak for that, nine what, straight years? Yeah, yeah. Whatever that streak, whatever else is in that running, like he that's a bragging point for him. And as many that cover the NBA have said, like Sam said this to us in the pregame, mm -hmm. like a lot of teams would would kill to be able to make the playoffs for X amount of seasons because a lot of these teams don't make a ton of money. So the playoffs Kings, actually is a, the opening is a night opponent of the, the Kings haven't made the playoffs since 0405. Right. So they would love to be in yeah. our position, but that being said, we know we have higher expectations than that, but for Neil, no, the expectation, just be a playoff team. So I can say you're a playoff team and then he'll be good with enough that because Jody and Chris and everybody else, Bert will be good enough with that. Yeah. Uh, and shout out trailblazing. They'll, they'd make the most fire fire roll shaties. <laughs> might need to bust them out this year i'm just saying i mean we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, this from at Lord underscore Satan, which this... This question follows, uh, I think, kind of a tone here. Not really a, a question, but Trailblazers fans' guide to avoiding depression. Well, you know, look, 
if you, I think a lot of that is um, how you place what you're looking for. Yep. For me, I, I know what I think about this team. So I'm not going to live and die with every game or bad game or great game. I, I'm kind of just in on, please surprise me. I'm going to enjoy watching Damian Lillard play for possibly, and I hope to be wrong on this, possibly one more season. I am, That's how you deal with depression. Yeah, I, I am very uh, split personality with this stuff. I will not only live and die by each game, but in, in between possessions. Oh, I like, know you. I read your tweets. So that's – and that's the thing. In the moment, that's when I allow myself to be the, the biggest fan of this team. The second that horn sounds, that – it goes away. Like, Joe and I and Shane, when we were doing the show, we were watching games together. And there were so many times where – especially early on, we're like, you're an absolute lunatic watching games. And I'm like, uh-huh. They're like, how do you get from that to – that for the show, like compartmentalization, man. Like that's 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 all it is, and that's for 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 my avoiding depression. In the moment, things can be the best or the worst. Five minutes later, none of it matters because I'm looking big picture, and that's for me. That's how I've I, I've really done this for what seven eight years now. Is that I've just been able to compartmentalize the little things. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the little things, the the good and the bad, but. Big picture, when I take a step back, I go, like, we were talking about it. I, I saw some people that were upset about how we said that they haven't looked good for the preseason. They haven't looked good for the preseason. But at no point in time have we condemned them and say they're going to miss the playoffs. No, that's, that's, those are two different things. Both, both those things can exist. And I think for avoiding getting caught in that trap is that you have to find that, that balance, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I... I think there is a way to be fair, like, and, and don't misconstrue what I said as, you know, when we talk Wednesday, let's say they, uh, if they lose or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, yeah, whatever. You know, oh, I'll, sure. I'll give my thoughts on a game by game basis. I'll talk about it. If they're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. I just, to answer that question, I think it needs to be known that I'm only going to allow so much frustration and anger to build in this season based on I can't believe they did literally nothing but trade for Larry Nance, mm. and that was as good as they thought they needed to do to make this team get to where Dame wants this team to be. And so because of that, I have capped myself. The framing. Now that does, yes, the framing. Now, I'll tell you where you can't battle and beat depression, um, proverbial depression as a sports fan is going to be when we know that their season's about to end in the first round again. If that happens, if that happens, yeah, yeah that is a – I am absolutely now like, sweet, I, I really hope he doesn't do what he was teasing to do yeah. last summer. Cue the Eeyore. This summer. Right. Rain, rain yeah. clouds and thanks for noticing. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – <sighs> All right, this we're going to go the other way here. This is from at Ditch Cathedral. What are your optimistic but realistic stat lines for Ant – Nas and Nance. And this oh, is this is kind of kind of clue us into the first couple questions I had. Yeah. So Larry Nance Jr. last year, basically 9.7 rebounds, three assists. Does he exceed any of those? Say those numbers one more time. Nine, seven, and three. I think he exceeds the rebounds. I don't think he I don't expect much on the points perspective. Yeah. Um what was the three? Was assists. that assists? Okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, 
I think he get a he could increase his assist by one by having guys like Damon CJ mm-hmm. on a more consistent basis. I don't expect his stats to change all that much. If that that doesn't mean he doesn't have a good year. No. And he's not productive, but I I would say gets an extra rebound, gets an extra assist, points is basically the same. And here's the thing where I think there's some volatility in Nance because watching Yusuf Nurkic in the preseason, he has looked not great, but more than anything, I started to notice this over the last two games when they got longer burn, he was getting tired. He, he was sucking He looked wind. exhausted against Golden State, yeah. man. He it, looked exhausted. Because he's playing up high on a guy like Steph Curry who's going to run a defense ragged. And, yes, Steph is one of one. But guess what? De'Aaron Fox on opening night is really fast. Yep. He turns the corner. He puts pressure on defenses. Tyrese Halliburton doesn't stop running. Buddy Heald right. covers a ton of ground. So you're going to see these teams – these guard-centric, guard-heavy teams that are going to run them ragged and force them into situations where Dirk's going to have to expend a lot of effort. So you're asking him to expend more effort and and asking him to take on a, a bigger role in the offensive end and yet maintain the same effectiveness and play 28 minutes? I just I don't see how all those paths can cross and come together. Right. Something's got to give. And so... Larry Nance Jr., to your point, as far as like maybe up in that rebound percent or rebound raw number, I think that's a likely possibility because I think they're going to end up playing Nance a significant amount of minutes. I would not be surprised to see Nance close to 30 minutes a night between four and five. And if Tony Snell and Nasir Little aren't ready to go opening night, a couple days after that, a couple weeks after that, we don't know. I think he picks up some minutes there. Oh, Danny, I'm, I, I, I'd be willing to wager that right now he's going to play 30 minutes. I, yeah. Nurk can't do it. I mean, you know, um, I thought Quick was really good at doing this last year when when Nurkic was doing the whole managing his minutes narrative from the Blazers. Mm. And we're going to keep him around 25 or less. And then Quick was like, on, on a base, on an average basis, you guys don't ever play him more than that. Like, yeah. that's normal. That's not some minutes management. He can't, he's that, shown that he can't do it. He doesn't do it. And so I thought that was a real – I was glad that Quick called that out because it was just the BS feeding from yeah. the Blazers. I think for that same reason, I, I would be willing to wager Larry Nance plays 30. And I'll tell you this, I want him to. I want a guy to be on that floor for 30 minutes mm-hmm. holding everybody does everything and does that. working his ass off and helping clean up some of the mess that inherently we know this backcourt's going to mm-hmm. leave defensively. We just know it. I, it's not a knock. It's – you are who you are, and who you are is you're not great defenders with your with your backcourt. So, you know what? We're going to need a Larry Nance to step in there, and I I would more than willing uh, be willing to bet that he plays 30 minutes a night. He's he's going to be right at that line. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Ant and his stat line. I think 12 and four is about my expectations for for where he's going to land. And, and we had uh, quick uh, had a statement on the the Blazers not. Uh, and, and Ant's representation uh, not coming together for a deal. I, I've talked to Ant about this. That it's about what we expected, right? It, it's, it was, it was yeah. expected. This wasn't a surprise. It doesn't make sense for, for either side to sign a deal right now. It doesn't right. make sense for Ant to sign a deal because he's getting his first real minutes in his career. Uh, it doesn't make sense for the Blazers because they don't know what they're committing to with him. So it's kind of a make-or-break year, and it's probably unfair, but that's that's how this league works. You, when you, your opportunity comes, you either hit it or you don't. Yep. Um. We, we saw Mikhail Bridges get a $90 million contract. Right now, I think uh, Ant's qualifying offer is $5.5 million. 
that's a difference of basically twenty million dollars, give or take, a, a season. Oh, eighteen if we want to be specific. But that's a that's a big window. So you, you see what guys are getting as good role players. I think if you were Ant, even if you know Portland offered you something, don't you still kind of say no? I I got to bet on yourself because you you know they're not coming in at that number. No. They're going to try to lowball it and then get a like Bridges. I thought, and I know this might sound crazy to some because these amounts of money are so yeah. extravagant. I thought they got, I thought Phoenix got a really good deal for 90 million. Like every podcast or person you had heard talk about that deal looming was convinced he was a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yes. It was always in that range. So for him to finish with 90 Phoenix got a deal. I think if you're Portland, you tried to maybe low ball him and ant probably was like, nah. And then they counter with, we're not ready for that either. So yeah. here we go. Prove it. I expect Anthony Simons to have a good year. I'm going to up the points a little more than you. Cause I think he's going to, I think he's going to be aggressive. I think mm -hmm. he knows what he needs to be for the second unit. And I think that's going to show itself. So it's, it may sound dumb, but I'm going to up it by two. I'll no, say uh, he 14. 14. Yeah. That's a great number. And we would be really happy if he gave us 14 off the bench. And I'll say five, because look, he was hunting Ooh. assists in the, in the action that we saw in the preseason. He was mm -hmm. hunting it. He made a point in our interviews to talk about how he had worked mm. on getting people the ball and creating looks. And I think he's going to do it. I, I do. So I'll say he gives us 14 and five. That's a damn good season to give us too. That's a good player. That's a, good that, player. That, that's, that's a guy that you want to have on your team, a shot creating guard who can, and here's the thing. You take a look at the Blazers last year, as far as, you know, guys who could create, yep. uh, you had McCollum at four and a 4.7 assists. That's their second right. best creator. If Ant is anywhere near five, that means that second unit is doing really well. And I, I think there's, again, some volatility in that number because of what we saw from Ant in, his, in the two games that he played. One game, he's got seven assists. The next game, he's got, what, he ended up one or none because nobody could hit a GD shot. Yeah. And it, I think... A lot of that has to do with the fact that he's playing with Blevins and Ellaby and that kind of thing. So I think that you're looking at that number kind of, for me, as the in-between. I think four is the number. Five would be, listen, if, if Ant's at 14 and five, you're going to hear his name mentioned in, in sixth man of the year and most improved. I think you'll hear it. I don't know. No, how no, it's, it's, he's it not in it. He's not in it, but you're going to, he's going to get like second, third, fourth place votes, that kind of deal. That's, that's what you're going to see. And if you're Portland, he's 22 years old and you're, He's hitting those years and hitting those numbers. You've got something to work with. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, the last part of this question was obviously Nas. I have no idea what to expect from Nas from a baseline because we just haven't seen him get minutes. We've, we saw him score 30 in a game against Milwaukee. Like he he he's yeah. shown that he can do some stuff, but I don't. We don't have a baseline season with him getting even like even what Ant got last year. Ant had relatively consistent minutes, relatively. Nas has not had that, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I don't know what you can tag. What I would like to see out of him probably eight four one and one, eight points, four boards, steal block. Well, is it is it too much to ask that I don't want to give him a stat because I don't even know if he'll no. play? But that's, that's the thing is like, if, like if, I hate to say that I really do because a lot of this stuff is out of his control and that's what sucks about this, right? Is when that happens to somebody. But I mean, dude, you, you got to be able to you got to be able to hang around for fifteen or more games, and I just he just hasn't been able to, and it's a bummer. I, every little dumb thing just hurts him, mm-hmm. so it's like I. I could give you some stat. I mean, you gave a stat like how much are you putting stock into what you just said? Not probably not much, right? Because no. you just don't know what he is going to be able. Like, to Like I'm basically throwing a baseline out there of like uh, six foot seven dude, good length, good size, great athleticism, has shown some stuff, getting yeah, a real he, opportunity. But if if he plays forty games, I don't even know if his averages would be that high. I think yeah. he would actually be a lower than that. So it's 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 a weird position to, to kind of be in. And this, this is a follow up question here. Which player do you most fear underperforming? And I'm gonna I'm gonna take this question. I'm not gonna apply it to just those three. Who do you fear most underperforming on the roster? Oh, it's Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, it's it, for me. It's not. It's not particularly close. Um, maybe because of contract stuff, CJ or Norm can be in this running for mm-hmm. a lot of people. What they expect them to do. Uh, but for me, it's Nurkic. It's a contract year. We are well aware that there's kind of this, um, there's a little bit of friction between these two sides. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not in the most negative way, but there it exists. I don't think you can doubt that. And I just have not been impressed whatsoever with anything I saw in his preseason action. We'll yeah. see if it changes come Wednesday. But to me, I think if you're to ask who's the most disappointing, it's it's Yusuf Nurkic. He's billed as this, we're giving the ball to this guy, running our offense through this guy. And I'm sitting here going, Based on what I saw, please don't do that. I don't want to see that at all. I don't. I don't care. And if he's cooking, that means he's getting put back dunks. He's getting. He's starting to throw the ball down and not be, um, for lack of a better term, a little soft around the rim. Mm-hmm. And even then, I don't want him facilitating the offense. Like let him keep cooking that way more so than the way that they've kind of teased us, like a Jokic. What, what did what did uh, Gundy Jokic. call it? Diet Jokic. Yeah. yeah. No thanks. I'll pass on Diet Coke and I'll pass on Diet Jokic. Um, By the way, aspartame is worse for you than real sugar. Go look at the research oh, into yeah, aspartame. No, I, Cockroaches don't even eat aspartame. And we're sitting here acting like Diet Coke is some revolutionary healthy thing. It's I, awful. Just, I just don't like the sugar, okay? Well, then don't drink soda. I mean, it would be my response. Don't drink soda. It, it, that's the only thing I would say. Immediately pounds energy drink. There's no caffeine in that. 
There's no sugar. No sugar. Plenty of caffeine. I think it's 330 uh, milligrams. Yeah, you're right. What do, what do they tease? There's no sugar in. Is there something else they tease of no, nothing of? I can't remember. But it, Anyways. It, it, yeah. it, it has super creatine, too, which <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty of research around that as well. I lost a friend in high school with creatine. Actually, like, took it too much, and he ended up dying. He was 16 Good years old. God! I know. I ended up working with his cousin later at the mall, and I found out he was his cousin. I'm like, dude. He's like, I know. The family couldn't believe that happened. That got dark real quick. You take creatine two, three times a day, every day. Brother, that kills your kidneys. It's not good. Good Lord. Uh, This will also kill your kidneys. If there's a bad start, what possible trades would you pursue this year? I mean, there's only one. Let's be honest. There's only one they should do, or there's only one? Because I I call you out right now. There's not just one. There's multiple. Well, I mean, it's Simmons. Oh, well, I just don't, yeah, I don't know. They won't, but, I mean, that, and if you're not going to go that way, it's moving moving on from Yusuf Who is, okay, answer me this. <laughs> Who's the equivalent of Rocco in the NBA on a different team? Because that's the player I'd pinpoint if you're a Blazer fan. If they're making a trade, it's going to get somebody like that that you go, this is Blazer Twitter is really good at this. And by the way, I'm fully guilty of doing it too. So this is not me calling out everybody. Like I am in this. Yeah. Um, Blazer Twitter, as much as any or not more than any other fan base in this league, loves to act like getting that run of the mill role guy is this godsend that's going to change the fortunes of the franchise. Like when we get players like Rocco, Twitter's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is everybody. Like I did this with DJ last year. We get these guys and we're like, this was a great, a great piece, Bob. This just got to put us over the top. Oh, Rocco is amazing. And then you watch it play out and you go, oh, they didn't get out of round one. What would happen there? Um, so whoever the Rocco equivalent in the NBA is not on the Blazers, I would say that's who they end up trading for. And 79% of Blazers Twitter will tell you that was an amazing move. And that guy is going to change the fortunes of the team this year. And here's the thing. I agree with you mostly. I thought when they, and I still believe that the Covington was a good addition, but it does not matter. And I, this was the hashtag TM. It does not matter unless you're willing to change the top of the roster. That is my point. It's a yeah. moot move. Yeah. If you do not make any substantial changes, if, if it's not CJ, if it's not CJ, it really just doesn't matter unless it's Nurk yes. and you're getting an entirely different type of center that changes things fundamentally and yes again we're talking about the top of the roster it's one of those three guys and if that doesn't change unless somehow a, a superstar decides they want to take a pay cut and come to portland it's just it doesn't matter so but thanks for the question there's cement halo uh this was another one here from jake and again this is more theory than anything else in the multiverse theory it should be Jake at, at Jake Stevens. In the multiverse theory, there is a universe in which the Trailblazers win a championship this season. What happened in that universe to allow that to happen? I'm going to let you start with this one because I need to think about this for a second. I love multiverse questions. It's, I, uh, listen, man, I am 100% going to go see the new Spider-Man and uh, Doctor Strange. I am, I, am, I am geeked for those movies. Uh, for me... The only way this happens is, again, it's like preface with what we just talked about. It's because they made a move and they moved on from CJ McCollum. And they probably well, moved on from Yusuf Nurkic. Okay, but hold on. Let me let me throw something at you here. Mm-hmm. We're playing the multiverse game, right? So sure. 
Jokic suffers a bad injury. AD is AD and LeBron is old. Russ mm-hmm. ain't single-handedly leading the Lakers to anything. The Utah Jazz, I think, are beatable by a lot of teams on okay. any given night. The Clippers get no Kawhi back, so I don't know how much stock you're really putting into that. Okay. And Chris Paul ages right in front of our eyes in a way we just didn't washed. expect. I'm just saying, like, I, I, there, there, you need all of that and, to transpire. And, and then, then I gotta go, you can maybe beat Luka. You can maybe be better than the Grizzlies or the Warriors. Like, you need six substantially awful things because I don't and then the Bucks and, and and Nets fall apart. And then Middleton or Holiday gets banged up and KD gets injured. Like you Kyrie doesn't all, play all year. I don't think they want Kyrie anymore. I, I think if they can find a trade partner, they're gonna do it in a heartbeat and I hope they do. Um but that is to answer the question, that's what you need to transpire to see that alternate universe Blazer team win in this universe now. Yeah, that's, that's that's can you can you outline a, a better way, a, a easier way? I I don't know if I can. I don't think I. Can. I think it would be easier and and more likely for Portland to make a dynamic trade than it would be for eighteen different things to transpire. I, I sure like the twenty eighteen nineteen season was basically that, where everything just kind of came together. Yeah, I mean it was matchup based, right? Mm-hmm. You you had a, a player who in Russell Westbrook who refused to to cover Damian Lillard the way you need to cover him. You had the Nuggets who were a good team but not well, you, not yet you, great. You also sorry to interrupt you, but you also had um, and I I this doesn't mean the Blazers wouldn't have won, so mm-hmm. don't get mad at me. Paul George had two catastrophic shoulder injuries, and he was still cooking through them, and he was still cooking. Yeah. So you had that, um, and then yeah, as you mentioned, the Nuggets and like the Nuggets were a good team, but they were all still growing into it they were still they weren't two ready years. for that moment they were yeah. two years like everybody in that team was dumb young they were all 24 yeah. or younger so they weren't quite there yet and you saw what happened when they got older yep um but then they ran into a team that actually had higher end talent in their prime ready to go and even shorthanded they absolutely punched portland in the face at halftime of every single game yeah. Oh, and it looked hilariously, or coincidentally, it looked a lot like it did in the final preseason game where, oh, oh, you want to play? Here you go. Here's what it looks like when we when we kick kick it into gear. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and run this two-man game between Steph and Draymond, and you can't do anything about it. So, and again, that's where I think that the personnel stuff is just so, so, so important. Uh, there was another one here that was... Uh, Trivia related. Heard a fun trivia question the other day, and since the Kings are the opponents it's fitting to ask now, Kings last made the playoffs in 05-06. I said 04-05 earlier. It's 05-06. Uh, they've had 10 head coaches since then. How many can you name before you look? Of the head coaches of the Sacramento Kings? Yep, since they last made the playoffs. Oh, under three. I, I talk about a franchise I haven't given a crap about. It's the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll play the game. Mm-hmm. Let me let me see if I can do let me, this. Let me pull these all up here. There we go. Okay, go ahead. So God, oh five oh six. You are going back, a w- bro. I was in. I mean, I was getting out of high school. That was the last time that they went to the playoffs. Oh five oh six. Yep. We're almost to my twenty year reunion, and they still haven't made. Yeah, mine, it. Mine's just, this year, you monster. You're really old. Uh, <sighs> okay. I I literally got all but two when I when I played this game earlier. So I'll, I'll give you, 
I'll give you two that you have zero chance of getting. Reggie Theus and Kenny Nat. And those were the 07, 08, and 08, 09. Did you guess them? No, those are the two that I did not get. Those are the two. Yeah. Kenny Nat, is he even in the NBA anymore? No. He went 11 and 47. Imagine time. getting a head coaching gig and you like coach your way out of the entire league. Just you can't even be a lifetime assistant. It's like, <laughs> Kenny, you're that He bad. might be yeah. on somebody's bench, but I haven't seen that name in a long time. All the other names, you 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 recognize. Um, Yeah, but it's just a matter of knowing and then remembering the name. The dude who did the Grizzlies gig, he got kind of got effed. Boogie loved him. Um, Jaeger. Jaeger. Dave Jaeger bomb. Uh, you got Walton now. Uh-huh. Um, dude, who was the guy before? See, I, I'm done. No, I'm, I'm cooked. I, I'm you got over. nothing? I'm, who, I'm okay, you, you say Boogie loved one. What about the one that Boogie didn't like? George Carl. There you go. That's three. Uh, the dude before Walton. I'm blanking on who that person was. And you're Before Walton s- was Jaeger. Oh, it was Jaeger yeah. before Walton? So you, you've got the last three. Walton, Jaeger, Carl. <laughs> then there's zero chance. Because I, I in college, I wasn't following every team in the league the way I do now. There's another one in here who was kind of considered the boogie whisperer, who's an active head coach in the league right now. We, we've tangentially already talked about him. Oh, this is going to piss me off. It, the second I say this name is going to piss you off. 100%. How long was he there? Uh, two years. One year? <laughs> That's so kinks. How many coaches were for two years and then they were fired? Uh, uh, a, a lot of them. A lot of them. Um, God, boogie whisper. These, these, these winning percentages are gross. So the, <laughs> these are the winning percentages. Okay, so, tell me who it is. I, I can't think of it. Mike Malone. Ah, I, I, I knew, yeah. I knew I that one was going to yeah. piss you off. Yeah. So Ty he Corbin after there too. Yes, he did. He wasn't. He wasn't bad. And they were no. like, get the hell out of here. No, he he had a thirty-seven percent winning percentage. Which these are the winning percentages <laughs> of their head coaches since that time period. Walton oh forty-three, Jaeger forty, George Carl thirty-nine, Ty Corbin who Ty was, Corbin I knew too. He had that. He had that interim one. He went yeah. seven and twenty-one. He was twenty-five percent. Mike Malone was 37. Keith Smart, 34%. Keith Smart, that's another one. Okay. Paul Westfall, tw- uh, 30%. Westfall coached him. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, coached him to a 51 and 120 record. Man. Uh, the Nat was a 19%. Reggie Theus was 41%. And of course, the last time they made the playoffs was with Rick Adelman, who had a career yeah. 633 in Sacramento. How many years did he get after the playoffs run ended? Like two or three? One. Theus, <laughs> I remember Theus, and I, I I, remember like going, God, I thought that dude was going to be a good hire. Why did I think that? I don't know, but I remember thinking that when he got fired. Like, oh, I can't believe that didn't work out. Yeah, so their, their run of coaches, and this is why I always go with uh, coaching is not nearly as important as personnel because you look at the personnel decisions that have been made in Sacramento over the years, and you're just going, oof. It's rough. This from Joey Joey Pushki at BlazerFan000. What's the best and worst case scenario for the Blazers this year? And do the Blazers win on Wednesday? Yes, to the second question. Best and worst case best case scenario is you get to the second round and you actually push it and make people think like, damn, you you're worthy of being a Western Conference Finals team, but I'm not putting them in that. They don't deserve that mantle. Yeah. 
Worst case scenario is you're in a playing situation and you don't play yourself in. I think playing, I think you can, you can just stop right there if you're at the play well, without having like a pile of injuries. But you could be the Warriors. The Warriors, everybody wanted to count the Warriors as a playoff team. And then it's like they, they weren't a playoff team. By mm-hmm. definition, they were not a playoff team. The play-in is not a playoff spot. I'm not counting that. So you become the Warriors. You're the eighth seed who doesn't make the playoffs. That's a worst-case scenario. Yeah, okay. I can go with that. Well, how, what's, do you get worse than that? Do you think this team could be a lottery team? Is that what you're suggesting? I think if things went sideways, they could miss, miss them outright. Uh, we're not talking injuries though here, right? Like if Dame gets no, injured, I'm, then yeah, the worst no, case I, I, is your lottery team. I'm saying if they go 30 games and they're like 12 and 18 and it's a problem, you know, like, uh, was it two, two years ago? It was before the pandemic. So three years ago. They were on that road trip where it was Zach Collins' birthday road trip. I remember that one because he was slammered, hung over for the yeah. next game. Um, yeah, anybody who wants to laugh, go back and watch that video clip, that interview with Brooke Olsendam where Zach looks like he's going to yak on camera. Poor guy. It was like a noon game, too. It was like, oh, you poor, poor, poor child. They took you out <laughs> last night, and they've ruined you for the next game. Uh, but Stotts was going to get fired on that road trip. They went out there, and they, they got – because I think they played in Miami, and it was Evan Turner's birthday, and they went out that night, and then they got waxed in Miami, in Orlando, in New York. I think they had Cleveland and Detroit, I think was the rest of that road trip, and then basically had they lost that Cleveland game, they might have fi- quite literally fired Stotts right then and there because of how wretched they were playing. So if they get around like Christmas, and those same kind of vibes happen where they're just playing like just total ass Mm-hmm. through their first 30 games because of everything that has preceded this season. I don't think Dame would mail it in. I, in fact, I, I'm willing to bet a substantial amount of money. That would never be the problem, but I could finally see, and we talked about this in the live show on Thursday, things going like, nah, I'm out between Nurk having his contract, CJ just being kind of being that dude and being in his contract year, Nas not being healthy. There's just so many things coming together at absolutely the wrong time. And Chauncey mm. just sitting there holding the bag like, what did I sign up for? I My concern going in, and this is a pinpoint this in case I'm way wrong later, mm-hmm. I I think if, if if it starts to get a little screwy and sideways here, I, I don't know if they have the right coach for it. Um, he could be the worst. He could that, be the best. He could be anywhere in between. Yeah, That's the question. But he doesn't – you're not – are you leaning encouraged? No. I, I'm, okay. I, I am, okay. I am leaning ambivalent at this point in time yes. just because he's untested. I I just, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of us got really, really overreactionary when we saw one clip of him talking to guys at a practice in the training camp. And it's I because think because it's the first time it's happened. Terry would yeah. have never let that happen. Okay. Yeah. But that's not. That's not a tangible thing for me to actually quantify if somebody's going to be an upgrade at that spot or not. And there was this conclusion that it was like, there's still people and they might be right. I don't know the right answer. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying it's an unknown. I'm not leaning. Yes. I'm not leaning. No, but there's, there's a legitimate amount of people that like they've upgraded a coach and they've never seen this dude coach a game. His, 
Family's never seen him coach a game. Like this dude has admitted he's never been a head coach at any level, any one time. And we just trotted, we're trotting him out there as the, the head coach of this team. And maybe the biggest season in franchise history with given all the things that are mm-hmm. kind of up in the air right now, like, there's a part of me that's like, if this thing gets bad, do I know he's going to be able to turn that thing around? No. Cause it's what, what a lot of former players, I think realize. Um, I don't think it's an accident that former players tend to not be the best coaches and mm-hmm. non-players are. I think a lot of former players fail to realize that. And I think Jason Kidd, like, let's see what he does. Yeah. There's talk that he learned from his experiences and he's going to give a lot more power to his, uh, to his assistants. Mm-hmm. But what I think they fail to realize going into it is your approach is going to be the player perspective, and that's not always the right perspective to have. Hmm. In fact, some would argue it's the wrong perspective to have. It's why Michael can't build a good team. It's because, and maybe the Charlotte Hornets have finally figured this out because they have a young group now, but for so long, those teams have been awful. Yeah, Michael Jordan knows more about basketball than you and I could ever dream of knowing. It's not a But he also takes the stance of, I was the goat. It's, I did this. Yes. I would react this way. I liked it when it was this way. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, your likes and dislikes don't mesh with the roster of talent. And so I think coaches really struggle with this and they get put in situations where like, well, I, I would approach it this way. That doesn't mean it's the best approach. And so I'll be interested to see if, if, if he has that. I, I jokingly mm-hmm. said this. Is he Jason Kidd? Or is he Nate McMillan? And I think that is going to be a running theme for me and maybe the show yeah. through the year is like, where are you leaning on that meter right now? Are you leaning more kid? Or are you leaning more Nate? And so I, if it goes sideways, I admittedly, I'm going to get nervous because I, I, I'm not convinced that he's going to know how to get out of that situation. He's talked a ton about approach. Uh, he was on the, the Woj podcast last week and one of the the themes clearly was approach, 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 relatability, which I do find it to be important. But historically, and and maybe this is changing. It's a new dynamic. It's a new NBA. It's new players. It's a younger generation. It's it's next. It's it's progress. But historically, relatability, as much as everybody wants to talk about it, hasn't been that important. Like Ty Lue, is he relatable? Sure, he's been in the league. But what he was he the, a, a fantastic dynamic player? who knows, like Chauncey has extolled this, and this has been a talking point of Neil uh, at least a half dozen times. He understands what players are going through, whether it's the top of the roster or a bottom of the roster. Ty Lue doesn't know what it's like to be at the top of the roster. He was a pretty damn good coach. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know how much of this you can take from it and go, yeah, no, that's, a, that's applicable. Like, that's, sure, I, I can get through that. So... I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm definitely not one way or the other. I'm kind of like mm, I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat him up. I, hell, I'm not gonna beat him up when he makes coaching mistakes. It's well, does I, he make the same? Does he make the same mistake over and over making, again? Yeah, I mean that's the thing with coaches. They yeah. tend to have tendencies in, in certain situations, and if he's doing that, we're absolutely gonna be critical of it. Yeah, and that's what I think the the case is like I'm I'm not gonna. The first time he makes a substitution mistake, I'm going to go, eh, yeah, that, that comes with the territory. Right. But if it right. continues, like, why is Nurk playing 34 minutes a night? He's clearly gassed. Like, if that becomes, like, a theme, it's like mm. where the organization is trying to force something, then 
then I'm probably going to start to question that kind of thing. But as far as the reaction and, and worst case, best case, I think he's going to play a huge – say what you want about Terry. When things were going great, you know what Terry said? We've got things to work on. When things were going bad, you know what Terry said? We've got things to work on. It was yeah. very, very, very steady ship. And he never I, really threw people under the bus publicly. We clearly knew he didn't like certain guys at certain yeah. points, but he never like, hey, until, until the end of last year when when he threw Derek well, under the bus. Yeah, but you know what? I I think he was getting a lot of pushback, and for for he, for he for finally said that something. didn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like if the dude's not going to hit more than thirty percent of his threes, and he's not going to be an elite defender, we're basically playing four on five. I think in that situation, Terry was probably thinking back to Evan Turner going, remember when you guys got mad at me for playing Evan Turner all the time because he couldn't shoot? Now you're mad at yes. me because I'm not playing Derek Jones Jr. because he's not shooting. Because he can't shoot, yeah. So, like, which one is it? So, from that point of view, right. I, I understand it just a little bit um, because, it, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a little sideways. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to get a couple more of these uh, kind of over-and-unders or I think which, 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 which way do you land, particularly on the shot attempts. Last year, Damian Lillard took 19.9 field goal attempts a game. He averaged damn near 29 a game, highest scoring season in, in franchise history. Is that going up? Is that going down? Or is it staying the same? So my over-under option is 19? 19.9. Are we rounding? Sure. Call it 20. Stays the same. So, so Dame's... Even if it starts with the egalitarian offense, you think by the end it's of the not, season... It's not going to. <laughs> just it's D- Dame's still gonna get his. I, I I just let's stop playing this game. Like that first game, we are gonna quickly see Damian Lillard's gonna be Damian Lillard again, and we, come out and drop forty five on twenty seven shots. Yes, yes. Now, would that shock you? <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. I'm no, say, not say the least game. bit. Yeah, I almost want to say over, but I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say push okay. twenty again. So CJ was at 18.8 and finished the season at nine. So 19 shots and nine threes. Is his going up, going down, or staying the same? I'm betting the under. So CJ's role is going to go down a little bit. And he's the sneaky guy I would pinpoint to say, let's monitor this situation to see if he's getting less looks and less points and less limelight. Uh, Because you could already make a point that he does as the number two. Let's see where that thing goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking the under on that. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's let's go to the next guy in that pecking order. Uh, Norm finished the season 13 field goal attempts, five three pointers. Uh, finished is this the, with Portland or for the year? This is this is for the season. Okay. So I don't know what the Portland Toronto difference would have been there, but but again, this is this is his his basically yeah. his role. Um, 36. I'm sorry. These these are the Portland numbers. That's my mistake. These are the Portland numbers. So uh, okay. 13 shots, 5.43s, 36% from three. Those What numbers are going up? What numbers are going down? What numbers are staying the same? So 13 shots, five and a half threes, uh, and 36% from three. I'm not I'm not touching the average. I would actually lean under. Um, on the, on the three-point percentage? Slightly. Interesting. Slight, okay. Like 30, 35 and a half, like okay. just barely an under. I will say the attempts go up by one, and I say his shot attempts go up by two. Okay, so the 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 and pecking the order are damn near getting the same amount of shots okay. every single game. That that'd be an interesting one to watch. Nurk his line last year was just dumb. 
because of the injuries and then came back and it wasn't great right away. He right. closed the season last, I think it was the last 14 games. He actually looked much better. Uh, it was a strong contrast to the rest of the season. But he finished with 11.5 points, 3.4 assists, 9 rebounds. So basically 12, 3, and 9. Damian Lillard has said 18, 12, and 4 is peak Nurk. So there's a pretty significant gap there. Where does he fit into this? I mean, every number's got to be up, right? Well, no. Hmm. Why? I think when Dame said that, he's talking about some specific moments. There has not been a lot to suggest that 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 changes. Um, I he's a huge push for me. I I, I you know I'm just kind of in this. I need to see. I need to see this. You need Wednesday to be here. I need Wednesday to be here because the the preseason thoughts mixed with the off season mixed with what they were last year is like kind of getting jumbled together for me a little bit. And I, I need to start seeing some of this stuff. I'm, I'm, and none of it's positive. I'm so, I think I'm that's so, the problem. I'm so over, I'm so over this, what we're going to do different and how mm-hmm. different we're going to be. And this guy's going to get more and that guy's going to get more and that guy's going to get more. And then our best player is going to get less. I'm like, none of that makes sense. <laughs> none of that makes sense. It's like when a team, I, I watched a team. I watched my nephew. Quick story. Just an example yeah. here. I, I watched my nephew play football Saturday morning. And shout they had a nephew. pivotal. Shout out to the nephew. And they had a pivotal fourth and three. And they ran a play with not their best player. I'm not pro. Run a, best play, run a play with not your best player. Give the damn ball to your best player every single big play that you have. Did they and get so the first they, down? No, shocking development. They didn't. Their best player would have trucked a kid and probably gained the five yards they needed, <laughs> but they didn't do that. My point is, I, I just, I, I think everybody has these hot takes and these opinions, and it's like none of our opinions are are, are valid. None of our opinions are right. This Nurkic thing is bothering me because I'm watching a guy who's not better. He's mm-hmm. just as out of shape, and it's supposed to be a year we give him the ball more and Damian Miller less. You can miss me with that nonsense. Please go prove it before I dive into these overs of a Yusuf Nurkic. Push me that number. I'll believe the 18 and 14 when I actually see that played out. This rant, of course, brought to you by Abby's Pizza. Uh, (laughs) I think that's the first Sprague rant we've had. I get one in every damn show, but good. This is this is this is what the people want right now. This is this. It's uh, it's 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 cathartic. I, it's, I, I like well, let it. Let me let me ask you. I, I we're going a little long on this, yeah. right? Let me ask you this. What what is the situation if Nurkic is not producing the way Chauncey's giving him the ball to produce in? It's getting what, reeled back in. Okay, but here here is the Chauncey question that kind of gets thrown in with Nurkic. If Nurkic does not produce to those Dame expectations to way Chauncey is expecting him to play. He's largely giving us prototypical use of Nurkic. What is Chauncey going to do in response to that? Because I would say right now my gut says nothing. It's going to revert back to what they were last year. Yeah, I think so too. And you're in because they've got a capable defensive big behind him in Zeller that Nurk's minutes get cut. 
See, I don't know if they do that because I think they know they're playing with fire a little bit with this dude. Cut yep. his minutes in his production, and you watch that. That Mel will we'll be like, "Oh, this is the Denver stuff we yeah. had heard about." But here's the thing: this is this is what I, I I know I made it sound easy, but it was more about the because it's not it's not an easy thing to do. But here's it, it's been done to Yusuf Nurkic before. That's where I think there's a precedent. But Chauncey has said he's not going to do this, he's not going to do that, but he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Mm. But the Blazers as an organization, I think they have shown that they are more than willing to move on from anybody not named Dame or CJ. Mason Plumley was loved in that locker room. He didn't cause issues, but they knew the financial status of his contract, and right, that's right. why they moved him. If Nurk starts rocking the boat because he's not playing well and his looks get cut down, mm. I I have zero, zero hesitation with the Blazers saying, okay, we're, we're, we're going to move on from you. Now, it may make it more difficult to trade him. Maybe then they wouldn't, they would want to try to be a bit more amenable to keeping his his looks up to kind of say, say to hey, other shooters, hey, no, he, he's a good player. It's just, it's not for, for us right now. I think that's, that's the only situation. But yeah, I, it's not great, man. Like you said, but I think I'm splitting the difference between where you are and where Damian Lillard says peak Yusuf Nurkic is. I think he ends up at like 15, 10, and 4, which I think is it's a very good player. 15, 10, and 4 makes him a very tradable asset. Yeah, and that's the thing is it behooves Yusuf Nurkic to be consistent and productive because of the pending contract. And right. I think that, that's, that should be reason enough alone because – Everybody else in the league knows about the use of Nurkic behind the scenes being frustrated in his early years. That's not a that's not a secret. So if he can keep it together enough, even if he's not happy to play a certain level, then I think it, it behooves him well, whether it's through a trade or through free agency, uh, mm. to get a, a better contract. So I think that's the motivation for him, even if things aren't going well. So let me price is right your ass. Fourteen points. And what did you say? Rebounds 10? 10. You're going to go 14, awesome. 14, 9, and 3? 14, 9, and 3. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's the kind of pettiness that we, we, we strive for here in the Jack Ramsey's podcast. Uh, we'll get out of here with that. We said we are going to go a little bit longer today just because we want, we wanted to talk about a little more, take a little a few more questions. I actually have more questions here. Uh, we'll probably take a few of those for the pregame show because uh, a lot of these are like best-case scenario or what would you take for a trade and that kind of thing. Those, those are good for a rainy day. Right now, let's take a look at the, at the regular season that's just a couple of days away. Uh, if you're listening here on Monday morning, only two more days away. Uh, quick business note, uh, we will have the pre- and post-game show every game. Uh, we will have you guys covered 5 o'clock uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I'm still efforting a Kings guest. I'm trying to get somebody to uh, come and talk Kings basketball, which is uh, not as difficult as you think, but trying to line up the timing is difficult. So... Uh, hopefully we'll have somebody for the pregame show. If not, we'll be there at 5 p.m. Brandon and I will have you covered leading up to the game. We'll have you immediately following uh, the action. Usually about five minutes after the horn if I can keep it ready. Uh, if you haven't already, please like, rate, review, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, please uh, click the little button in the corner. That's It, it helps us out. If you're uh, listening on the podcast, click over, subscribe. If you're feeling really up to it, like you're stuck on the toilet for a few minutes, write the review. Just Tap it in. Uh, we're available wherever you get podcasts across uh, Apple Podcasts, not iTunes, as Brandon pointed out to me before. Uh, Google, Spotify, 
pretty much anywhere else you want us, or actually everywhere you want us. Uh, until then, uh, for Brandon Sprague, I'm Danny Morang. You can find us on social media at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's. Uh, and if you want to send us questions for the Mailbag Pod, jackedramsey's at gmail.com. Uh, we will catch you guys on Wednesday uh, for the first regular season game of the year. Port Here we go. versus Sacramento Kings, and we will uh, have you covered for all 82. Till then, take care. Bye. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.